sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hello, ladies and germs. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. Both germs. Who do you think the first person to say that was? I mean, I think it probably had to be Noah. <laughs> Noah. Row your Noah boat Wiley ashore. on on ER. Um, this week we're doing the replacements. Please to meet me versus. I'm looking up, ladies and germs. Versus Slater Kinney, dig me out. Uh, well, if it's not Henny Youngman, then it's like. Milton Berle. Looks like it might be Milton Berle. Well, at least he used it a lot. Yeah, I don't know how much of his stuff was his. None. Yeah, he's like well, his enormous ego. Uh, yeah. So we have a uh, another one from thirty years ago and twenty years ago. So a grand total of fifty. Fifty years in the making these two albums and then you think about the last podcast there was another 50 so we're really talking about 100 years 100 years of recorded music that's almost all the recorded music there is and these two albums are the culmination so we're going to start with uh the replacements please to meet me from 1987 my junior or senior year in high school when it oh june so my summer between my junior and senior year in high school um, dude, you gotta get some WD-40 for that chair. Uh, yeah, and... That was my my joints. Oh, some WD-40 for your joints, then. That's what, you know, that's what the old hillbillies swear by. Well, the young hillbillies. They don't live to be old because they're putting WD-40 on their elbows. Um, but... Th- so pleased this, to meet me. Pleased to meet me. Seems sort of, you know, presumptuous. Well, they were, I mean, they were like that. I remember reading an interview with them when they were like, the interviewer was like, thanks. And Paul Westberg was like, it's been your pleasure. So. That's a total dad thing to say. <laughs> it is. And yet still funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. We've done the replacements before. A bunch of drunken louts who made really great music. Uh, and I think both of these albums are considered classic now. Not in the, not at the same level of the Joshua Tree and, and OK Computer, but uh, but definitely like you know as time goes by, like critical reception counts for more than like airplay, which neither of these two had. Um, Another classic song, by the way. Airplay? As time goes by. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Milton Berle's era. He probably took credit for writing that one, too. Um, this album, yeah, so this album is like, this was perfect timing. For, I mean, I was already into the replacements, but uh, this one really sticks out like it takes me right back to that time, because I listened to it, I'm sure, all summer and all the following year and all the rest of my life. Um, and... You picked two songs from this one. I, I picked one. What was your overall impression of it? Because you're not... It's not something you grew up with. 
Yeah, I didn't love it. I liked it. It took a, a few few listens to really find it more than uneven, but I did. I think I got there. What but are the first, you talking about? <laughs> you asked me. The first the first listen through, I found it uneven, and it just didn't didn't really click. But by the second or third, I did I did find I did find what they were doing, and I, I liked it. The only two songs that are like filler to me are uh, they're on the second side, "Shooting Dirty Pool" and "Red Red Wine." Like I'm like, eh, care I can fast forward over those. Um, but the rest of it, I love. Uh, even "Nightclub Jitters," their weird lounge <laughs> act. But even that has great lines, like, uh, you say, now, don't be a stranger. It really doesn't matter to me. I'd be willing to wager that it don't matter much if we keep in touch. I always like that. I was like, yeah, I feel that way about a lot of people. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, well, huh, interesting. I mean, no matter what, the, there's, like, the, the two songs I picked were awesome, so. Well, and, we, yeah, neither of us even picked the biggest song from the album, which was Alex Chilton. Right. Yeah, um, I picked. I didn't pick that on purpose because I, I, I feel like it's kind of popular. Yeah, I mean that's the one that got put on like rock band and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, I think most people know that. Although, also kind of funny with the like children's by the millions. Wait for Alex Chilton, <laughs> which was not true at all. Alex Chilton was like a cult artist by any <laughs> respect. Um, but no, Wait, yeah. His his it was wasn't he more less of a cult artist in the beginning when he was more like a a poppy guy. When he was in, uh, well, he was in the box tops in the '60s. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they had some some top ten hits. Uh, but yeah, after that, with Big Star and then his solo stuff. I mean, he just got progressively weirder and weirder and more culty. So by this point, he was definitely a cult artist. Um, and I mean, I'd I'd imagine most people who were listening to the box tops didn't know Alex Chilton's name. You know, it was right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, some of the songs we didn't pick that I really love, uh, well, I mean, all of it, except for those two, Shooting, shooting Dirty Pool and Red Red Wine. Skyway is really nice and pretty. Um, Nevermind, I think, is great. Nevermind, All Over But the Shouting, Just a Waste of Time. And uh, like when I was looking up misunderstood lyrics online, that was one of the funniest ones, because instead of All Over But the Shouting, somebody thought it said, I overbooked the chalet. <laughs> Which makes no sense, but is is actually a better line. Um, I like I don't know. I like that the, the just the repetition of I don't know. It reminds me. I, I can't remember another '80s band did something similar, and it reminds me of that. But I can't remember how much it reminds me of. But it, it's nice. Yeah, it's a good song too. Like I like the what you gonna do with your life? Nothing. <laughs> As a re- they'd have the call and response shit in there. Uh, but the song, the first song, is my pick. Um, it's called IOU, also the first song on the album, and I will tell you one of my favorite, like, what do you call it, a line reading? The way he sings it, um, in in the very first verse, like, it just comes out with, you're all fucked, which, <laughs> when I was 17, I was like, yeah, that's how I feel about everybody. <laughs> um, and, oh my god, I, I recommended it once, a long time ago on the podcast, but... The biography of them, Trouble Boys, I heartily recommend, even if you are not a fan and know nothing about them, because it is the most fucked up story. Um, they were, they basically just shot themselves in the foot at every chance they got. Like, anytime there was any kind of opportunity for them to 
break big, they fucked it up. On, on purpose? purpose? Like, on, on purpose. Oh, on purpose. They yeah. did. There's stories in there of doing stuff like they would get their money from the club and just burn it. And they were <laughs> dead broke. So, like, you, it's really... It's hard Why? to understand, and I I don't know, fear of success, who knows. Um, they what were, has become, are, are they all alive? Um, no, so this album, uh, Tommy Stinson is the bass player, and his brother Bob Stinson was the lead guitar player uh, before this album, and then they sacked him for being too much of an alcoholic, which is strange. Uh, <laughs> At least that was their reason, but I guess, you know, he was, he was like not really even showing up and stuff. So, um, so on this album, Paul Westerberg plays all the guitars, uh, and then they hired somebody, uh, Slim Dunlap for the tours and then the following albums. But, um, so this is just a three piece album and, uh, Paul Westerberg does a good job, I think on the, the guitars. Um, but yeah, IOU is it basically, um, the the hook of it is at the end, I want it in writing, I owe you nothing. So, they're not really saying I owe you. <laughs> um, so, it's it's basically a Weird Al type song. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's Weird Al. It's a Al. novelty song. Um, except it, it rocks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what what I can say about this. It's the you're all fuck that I love, which I will be sure to include in the sample. But uh, did, did you, did this song, did you think this was a good one when you first heard yeah. it? Or, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just the middle stuff where it, it gets a little, I don't know, just, it didn't <laughs> didn't feel right. Some of it grows on you, um, especially like Nevermind and Valentine. They they uh you'll end up loving him if you listen to him long enough. Valentine too, like that's another thing I wanted to say. He's such a good lyricist, like very clever, which is not what you would expect necessarily from this kind of music. Mhm. Like, exactly. Yeah, like Valentine the first line is uh you wish upon a star that turns into a plane. Um Yeah, he's and he's very like he's definitely like keyed into the teenage emotional spectrum. Uh, which is why I love this song, IOU, as I've said twice already, perhaps thrice, that You're All Fucked was like, I was like, yes, I just want, if I could, I would play that line over and over and just sing along to it. Um, but let's that give... That would be really boring karaoke. Or it would be really entrancing karaoke. Uh, let's give it a listen, shall we? Here is IOU.
go to your pick. So you pick uh, your first pick is the ledge, and I uh, like this song. And uh, one of the reasons I like it is because it reminds me so much of REM. It could easily be an REM song. Yeah, that's true. Not lyrically, maybe, but but musically, well, yeah. At, at this this point in REM's career, lyrically really doesn't matter. Right. But this but, song but musically, it does. It's it, it immediately reminded me of them. Yeah, well, I also feel like this song of all the album sounds the most of the 80s as well. Um, you think so? Kind of. I, I think it's maybe just the overall production on it. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. It's got... it. I mean, this is what, like, to varying degrees, it was R.E.M., and then you have the replacements, and then Husker Du all doing these kind of... the same kind of melodies... Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, the replacements in Husker Du were more like rough edged and had more distortion about it. But they, yeah, they were writing the same kinds of uh, melodies, which sounded really new at the time. Um, but also in this song, the the way they they uh, the, his voice sounds like it's coming from far away. Sound like some of the earliest type. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and a song about uh teen suicide oh i didn't even notice possibly teen i maybe it's an adult yeah um uh, all the love that they pledge for the last time will not reach the ledge um yeah you didn't like he's where he's saying i smell coffee and i smell donuts from the brass what is it Uh, yeah i can't remember all the lyrics but it's yeah it's definitely about a dude on the ledge getting ready to jump and you get the impression that he jumps at the end. So, that's fun. It's not a happy story. It's not, yeah, no. It's it's more But of it a, sounds great. It does. More <laughs> importantly. Yeah, and, and the guitar is all really cool. Um, yeah. So, let's, yeah, I agree. There's not much I to mean, say. I mean, it almost has a, a jangle. Not quite, but almost has a jangle. It is, yeah, no, it is. Like, jangly, but with more distortion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not surprised you like this one. I like I like it too. Um, let's give it a whirl.
favorite song. Uh, I, I feel like this song, uh, my next choice, I can't can't hardly wait. Is this one sounds much more eighties to me? It has those horns in the middle, and it's yeah. really poppy in the eighties. Well, as poppy as these guys get in eighties sort of way. It, it's a great song, but it, it just feels more eighties to me than the ledge. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, no, this is like this is a great song. Um, yeah, it's a a wonderful song and an album one. Yeah, it is, and it's just like, like the song's pretty basic in structure. Like it's kind of just a repeating riff over and over. But then, oh, but that riff is so awesome, and the way it's played is I can't do it, but it's really cool. Yeah, and then with the added horns and then like the strings and stuff, it mm-hmm. really like elevates it. Yeah, I, and I mean, who I knows? think this might be my favorite song on the album. It's probably mine too. Yeah. Um, I think it's classic. Like it should have been. It could have been a hit in some weird alternate universe. Uh, but they would have screwed it up even yeah, in the alternate would have universe. Fucked it up even then. Yeah, that's one thing that won't change. Um, yeah, the uh, I love an, another one with great lines. Like it's definitely like kind of about longing, but then it has shit like Jesus rides beside me. He never buys any smokes. Like what the fuck are you talking about? But it's <laughs> it's cool. Um, and I, I like his voice. Like, I like that it's just always raspy and rough. I but, think that's something that takes some time to get used to as well. See, yeah, it didn't for me. Not at all. Like, But I, on this song, it works really well. I don't, I, 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 that's what, some of the middle songs, it doesn't work as well for me as it does in The Ledge, the first song, Alex Chilton in this song. I think it's it's perfectly fine. But other songs, just kind of, at first, was a little off-putting. Oh, yeah, I, I mean... You know, voices are always, like we talked about on the Radiohead thing, it's always a tricky thing if you're having a problem with the voice because that's what's kind of getting you into the song. You know, I mean, obviously the He's melody not is... Quite but... as, not quite as raspy in this song either. No. I mean, yeah, I think that's something he would control. Obviously he didn't talk like that. Um, and like Not obvious to me. I've never talked to him. <laughs> I have. He was an ass. Um... But like Skyway too, the one right before this was just all acoustic. It's, he's not as raspy on that either. So, um, but yeah, I think this song. You're right. It is very '80s, um, but also like it could have been done in the '60s too, like it, with different production sound. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is just like to me, it's classic pop, and it's got that longing that so much of his songs have like there's always an undercurrent of sadness behind like all the fuck you stuff uh, yeah let's let's listen to can't hardly wait we both agree best song on the album
yeah, and they tried that one uh, a couple times, like on the uh, when they re-released the albums with bonus bonus tracks. They tried it a couple times on the previous album, which it didn't make it on, um, and like the lyrics weren't quite there, and it was just more basic kind of and more rock-ish, I guess. Uh, you know, no horns or anything like that, but I think I'm glad they waited and put it out on this version because. So there's other versions out there that you that at the time you could hear, or did, is that come that come later? No, it came later. Them? I mean, I had heard some on bootlegs, but yeah, no, it, it wasn't officially re- released. Until right. No, that's what I mean. So there was bootlegs of it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I prefer this version anyway. So it's. I mean, that's a as a is the case with most like when you get these bonus tracks that are like alternate versions or whatever, there's a reason right. they chose yeah. the one they yeah. did. <laughs> they don't throw the crappy one out for, although with the replacements, you never know. They might have, <laughs> um, yeah. I... Hmm. So I don't know if you remember, let it be that much. I, I think you liked that one. Uh, yeah. I, I remember liking that one better than this one. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the one everybody talks about, but I think, uh, that let it be Tim, which was between let it be and this one. And this one is like the great replacements. And before they were getting to greatness and after they kind of like, eh, it's not the greatness was lost, but from what I remember, there's nothing on let it be that is as good as there's no one song as good as can hardly wait on let it be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Unsatisfied is close, but yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, that is good. And I Will Dare is pretty good, but not... It's kind of in the same vein as Can't Hardly Wait, but not quite as good. Um, yeah, well, hopefully you'll listen to it some more and get into it even more. Um, just just delete Shooting Dirty Pool and Red Red Wine. It's a much better album. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you by saying it wasn't perfect the first time I heard it. Yeah, you did. Uh <laughs> kind Good. of wounded me to the core. Finally, I found a way to do it. Yeah, hey. I hated it. <laughs> it didn't happen with all the who's do shit talking, but yeah, this one. Pat always getting on my high school shit. Um, no, I don't care. I I was just surprised. I thought uh, because you did like Let It Be so much, I thought this one would like immediately appeal to you as well. Um, I think Let It Be was more varied uh, no it was less varied wasn't it more punky and this was all all over the place like with the like like, like you said that that little the yeah the lounge song and the, yeah acoustic, the, yeah. the horns thrown in it's just it, it takes it takes a little bit getting used to yeah I, I can get that um well we'll have to do tim at some point the in-between album and see what you think of that um well Let's try to kill some time talking about bullshit now. Oh, I got to think of a recommendation, too. Jesus. I got one. Do you want to give recommendations now before the show's even over? That seems ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. Therefore, we shan't do it. Uh, no, I really do have to think of one. Shit. Like, Inside Baseball listeners, we have... This is like our third recording within a week. So. Second. I'm running. No, we didn't. We did one on Sunday, right? Yeah, but that's not the same week. No, it. it well, it's within seven days. <laughs> Pat counts his weeks. The week starts, starts at on Monday. Monday. Yeah. No, I understand. So it was not within a week. 
just like if we do something tomorrow, if we do a podcast tomorrow, we won't have done four in a month because it'll be a new month. Listen, you first of all, you're offending one of our biggest listeners, David, who is Jewish, who the, for him, the week starts on Sunday. Uh, I think most people, the week starts on Sunday. Does anyone start on Monday? When you look at a calendar, there's always a Sundays on the left, which in America is where you start reading. Yeah, yeah. Not so in China. Nope. They read like right to left and and down and up or something. I don't know. Who can, who can keep track? Up and down would be the opposite of what we do. Have you ever seen a Chinese typewriter? Is this a joke? No, I've never no, seen it's a not Chinese a, typewriter. It's not a joke. I'm asking for real. I mean, I should look one up on oh. Google. That shit's got to be crazy. I was really hoping for a joke. Something super duper racist. As is my want. Well, let's see. Let's try it. Have you ever seen a Chinese typewriter? No, I've never seen a Chinese typewriter. Yeah, me either. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it was a little light on the racism, but I think you still got the point. There was racism underlying it. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. All right, fuck it. I guess. How long have we been going? Eh, it's yeah. long enough to take a break. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. Jip the listener. Oh, you can't say Jip anymore, huh? Short for Gypsy. Oh, speaking of which, did you ever watch any of... Uh... Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't finished yet, but I, I enjoyed it very much. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. The name of the show is something I can't remember, though. Me either. I'm like, is it Blind Spot? But that doesn't sound right. Blind Spot's another show. It's uh, Second Sight. Nope. Nope. Oh, and I have to look it up. Jeffrey Donovan, Amazon. Yeah. Jeffrey nope. Donovan. Nope. Hulu. Hulu. Shut eye. Shut eye. Forget it within the minute. Um, yeah, we've gone long enough. We can take a break. So let's do it, and we'll come back with Slater Kinney, Dig Me Out. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stuckin's creation The land of the Thracians and Listeners, uh, it's late night for us. Well, it's later night for Pat than than me, but uh, it is a work day. We don't usually record on work days, so we're both kind of uh, punch drunk. And I'm all. I had a half day. Did you? You get you do you guys do summer hours there? Yeah, summer hours, which are yeah, pretty cool. We do them too. I can't take it. So you're but all you, fucked. Do you have to still do the? Because our summer hours are not like we get a free half day. We have to work. Yeah, extra. work extra. Do you have I mean, to work the extra? Me? No, because I don't get summer oh. hours. But, okay, I mean, good. people theoretically are supposed to work extra. I don't think most of them actually do. I think they just fucking take summer hours and work their regular shifts. But I, I leave a little bit later. 
So, so it works out that I usually take the three o'clock train, and then uh, summer hour scenario, I take the three twenty-four train. So you stay twenty-four minutes extra. Well, I can't stay the whole twenty-four minutes, but I stay extra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is fascinating. Well, everyone who's listening wants to know. Yeah. People from workers. Well, I don't think any of them listen, but they could. They know about it. Yeah. Uh. Oh, see. It's it's I'm on drugs. Did I mention? I don't. Know I if wish I, I was on it drugs. On air. I'm on painkillers. I uh, had some jacked up feet issues. Still I had a, up. I had a work experience talking about drugs. It was a after work party, and they're talking about different beers that, you know, like Coors Light, like bad beers. And one guy's like, "Well, that's the kind of beer you drink in high school." I was like, I never drank any anything like that. I didn't. First of all, I didn't drink till I was 21. He's like. It's like his his jaw dropped open. He's like, "What did you smoke pot? What did you do?" I was like, "I, I don't know. I didn't do anything." Yeah, well, that is kind of weird. Like, I started drinking in seventh grade. Well, you're a little bit older than me, so that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, because you would have only been in in uh, third grade. Right. So, so yeah. that would have been ridiculous. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Sorry, I brought it up. Um. Thank you. Yeah, like by the time I got to high school, I was basically like, I'd gotten my heavy alcoholic shit out of the way. I would drink occasionally, like at parties and stuff, but like I was not a big drinker after that. And so I actually, I don't really drink anymore. Like it's not, not because I'm alcoholic or anything. I just like, I don't want to deal with the after effects anymore. I, I still do rarely. Not as, well, I never did that much, but. I still do once in a while. Yeah, I just... I like the taste. I do like the taste of some beer, but... Uh, no, of, of the things I lick after I've had too much to drink. Oh, yeah. that Well, you got to do that. That's a tip for all you listeners. If you, if you drink too much, just start licking things. Yep. Yeah. With consent. Lamppost. Yes, yes. Only with consent. Um, yeah. Lampposts. Leaves. I sent an email today to someone and I, I had to tell them that I was resending it. So I started typing by resent, R-E-S-E-N-T. And I was like, I don't really resent this document I'm sending. So I had to put a little dash there. Yeah, that's probably smart. I mean, if you did actually resent the document, then you could have left it. But yeah, it's best not to lie. Exactly. I feel like that's what separates us from the animals. Lying. You have a lot. You have a long list of thing, of things that separate you from the animals. Well, it's not that long. It's uh, this and MS Paint, right? Well, one. MS Paint is the official answer, but my answer is a cage. Ah, uh, well, it depends on the animal. Nope, I'm only always in my cage. Oh, you are? Yeah, no. Nope, Spite all my rage. I'm still just a pet in a cage. Oh God, I can't believe I led you right into that. Um, what did Mary Timoney have to do with Sleater Kenny? She was in a band with uh, Corin Tucker before. Heavens oh, to Betsy. Okay. Or was she in the one with Carrie Brownstein? I, I don't know. She was in a band with one of them. Um, I yeah. Don't, I don't hear much about her lately. I liked her. Well, R.I.P. Oh, Mary ooh, I didn't realize. Now I feel bad. I mean, her career. Uh, no, she's still around. I, she just did something. Now I have to look her up. Um, which I think I put on one of our best of, one of the best of's that we did. 
Yes, discography, Mary Timney Band. Oh, X-Hex. That's right. Yeah, she's in X-Hex. Oh, oh yeah. That, that that has someone from Slitter Kenny too, right? No, or that no? was Wild Flag. Uh, okay. Which had Carrie Brownstein. That was after Slitter Kenny broke up or went on hiatus, I think, as they called it. Um, yeah, and X-Hex is good. I, yeah, I like Mary Timney too. Uh, but X-Hex is from like 2005. Unless I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, but they, they've put out more than one album. Oh, I'm just. She has an album called XX. Ah, that's a solo effort. Yeah, she. So she was in Helium. So, so yeah, that's. I think that's where I first found out about her. Yeah, Helium. and uh, I think that was Corinne Tucker that was in that. Um, but I, for some reason, I can't find any goddamn information on it. Um, Brian Dutton, Mary Timoney, Ash Bowie, Sean Devlin. Oh, so none. None of them. No Sleater Kinney was involved. Jesus. How, yeah, what is the connection then? I don't know. Uh, come on. Give me something. Yeah, nope. There's no connection. They're all women. So we are being super sexy. They were all in Wild Flag. Yeah, Wild Flag. Mary Timoney and Carrie Brownstein. Yeah, all. so that's the only connection. Okay. They're super group. I don't uh, like that term. I don't either. It reminds me of like the 70s. Um, all right. Slater Kinney, dig me out. 20 years old. 20 years young. Oh, shoot. On this, <laughs> on this date in history. Uh, and so I think the, we talked about a little off air. This is not our favorite Slater Kinney album. I think we both... It's, right, it's great, but it's no, it's definitely not my favorite. I was... I don't think I've ever listened to this one before, actually, before we did it for the podcast. So that's two in a row that I know nothing about and you know a lot about. But I didn't get into Slinger Kenny until much too late. And then once I did, I was absolutely in love. I loved uh, – what was the name? We uh, All Hands on the Bad One. Yeah, I that's my favorite. To, yeah. A few years after it came out, and uh, it's, just, it's really good. And, and One Beat's really good. I don't remember their – the, the one called The Woods, I don't remember that one at all, but the uh, the one that came out last year was awesome too, as we talked about. The Woods is great too, um, although yeah. it does have this one really long song that's kind of like Led Zeppelin-y guitar and stuff, but it sounds cool coming from them. Um, <laughs> and you've seen them live, right? A bunch of times, yeah. Tons. Yeah, that's, they're great that's live. I should have, I'm getting more into, well, especially because my friend helps me like find when shows are coming and reminds me, but I'm getting more into seeing shows, like remembering to go see shows, so I, if they come back, I'll definitely see them. Oh, yeah, you have to see them. Uh, it, well, this album was the first... I, I had this album when it came out, um, but this was the first album with Janet Weiss as the drummer. And um, also... Uh, so it wasn't just that, because she's great. She's, like, eons beyond their original drummer. Um, but also, I feel like they tightened up the songwriting um, on this one from previous the previous two releases which which had some good stuff on them too um but this is like definitely them hitting their stride uh, i think that's why it's it's considered classic um even though it's not as good as as some of their later stuff um, it's still agree. awesome it's still great yeah and like one thing i love about it which we talked about a lot on the rem episodes is that you'll have uh corin and carrie and sometimes janet um all singing different parts at the same time over each other, <laughs> um, which just works 
for me for whatever reason. I don't know, but uh, I don't know them well enough to separate who's singing though. Oh, Cora and Tucker has the really big voice, and uh, Carrie Brownstein's just kind of more. Well, she screams sometimes too, but she's. Corin Tucker has a very distinctive voice. I'll say okay. that. Um, uh, she. So if you think of it in that term, you'll you'll be able to tell for sure. Uh, and I love Corin Tucker more than Carrie Brownstein, I think. Uh, but anyway, I guess with after or outside external career, Carrie Brownstein would be the more famous one. Oh just yeah, because of Portlandia. Portlandia for sure. Um, and the book, I mean, the book tour, has Corn Tucker written a book? No. So, she's just good at music. Yeah, well, I mean, she might be she might be hiding her light under a bushel. What's a bushel? Uh, you know, saving it for later. I Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I thought that uh, Corin Tucker and Carrie Brownstein were, like, in a relationship together at the beginning of Slater Kenny or something? I don't really know. I know Corin Tucker's married, says. married with a kid now. and Yeah. Um, oh, so it must be true. Well, the, the, there's a later... So it came out in a spin article about them. And uh, she, she, she called the article a pain in the ass. We weren't asked about our personal lives in the interview. We talked about things we thought were really important. What they printed was that we dated. So, yeah. Spin was good. R.I.P. Spin. Spin outed Bob Mould too. Yeah, I guess that was they were like the National Enquirer of music magazines. Spin was the the Bob Guccione Jr. magazine, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I it was. I think at the time it was kind of awesome. Oh, Spin it was, was way better than Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah, it was better than Rolling Stone, and there and it wasn't like there was the internet where you could get all this information. Spin was the was the place to go. It, it's just too bad they did crap like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of awful, um, and like Bob knew that they were gonna out him in that article, and so he decided to like do it himself, you know. But like that's kind of fucked up. Wait, why would why would they decide to out him? I don't know. What? I, I, I know. know it's like not like you're gonna get huge circulation out of that issue. Yeah, somebody <laughs> nobody knows. Although he wasn't sugar at that point, so I guess he was mildly bigger, but still. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree. Like it's kind of fucked up. Um, but spin, yeah, spin was the shit back in the day, and they had some really good writers. I remember Jim Greer especially. I really liked, and he wrote. I think he ended up writing a book on like '80s teen movies too, which I never read, but I should look for. Um, it That'd was, be a good a good counterpoint to the the one I recommended a few a few months ago, the Hadley. Right. Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Because Spin came out right near the end of Cream's run, C-R-E-E-M, which was, hands down, the best rock magazine ever, or music magazine. Um, and they kind of took, like, they weren't nearly as crazy as Cream in, the, in their writing, but they definitely took that, like, sense of humor, to some extent, into their into their stories. Anyway. Um, this is a podcast about Spin versus Cream. Oh, Cream wins. They're actually they're making a documentary film about Cream. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it was a film. If you had just said a documentary, I would have thought it was like a ra- a radio play. Listen, they can do documentary TV shows as well. Uh, you ever watch a little something called PBS? Never heard of it. Peanut butter sandwich. 
sit around and watch those all the time. I eat them with my mandibles. Nope. I No, see, that's how I lose weight. I, like, force myself to sit there and just watch it, even though I want it so bad. And uh, it teaches me patience. And also... Interesting fact about Dig Me Out. Yes. Sorry. It was produced by John Goodman's son. Is that true? Well, his name is John Goodman's son, so I have to assume. Oh, it, yeah, it has to be. It's That's like the old uh, medieval style of naming. Oh, interesting. I wonder if uh, Roseanne was ever hanging out at these sessions. Still don't know what what's going to come with that that particular program. It's so weird. I, I don't either. I'll watch it. I'll watch at least the first episode. Um, this John Goodmanson has a, quite a like late 90s, early 2000s uh, record for himself here. Yeah, has on his resume there. Uh, death of a, a bunch of death cab for cuties. Los Campesinos. I can't know. I never know how to say Los that. Los Campesinos. There you go. Uh, what else would be a Slater, A bunch of Slater County. Uh, Wu Tang Clan. Well, it's all over the place. Wu Tang Clan. Jesus. That's interesting. It's you know I don't usually click on and Hanson. Oh, Hans Hanson had some really good producers on their shit. Um, Underneath he produced whatever wherever that came. That was the third album. Yeah, they had, like, the Dust Brothers did their their first album, I think. Um, anyway. John we Goodmanson. still haven't talked about Dig Me Out. No. Uh, the, I think the thing about that, that's hard to talk about Slater Kinney is their songs, to me, sound really similar. It's, I mean, it's the thing. You can say that about any music, you know, until you, like, really get into it. I feel like, like, a lot of people say that about, like, reggae. All reggae songs sound the same or whatever. Um uh, no, I, I I hear what you're saying. I, I I do recognize that there's differences between the songs. I just, uh, I guess you're right. Maybe I haven't listened to it enough. But well, they do definitely. I mean, they have their own style and sound for sure. Yeah. And, yes. And they are quite good at it. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear them do like Mariah Carey type shit. Not that that's. No, I I, yeah. I I desperately would like to hear that. I was just reading something where. That movie, The House, is that what it's called with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler? Oh yeah, that's the it's it's not Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, it's uh, Hugh Laurie. It's a TV show as well. Oh yeah, that's right with the uh, Obama uh, intern dude. Anyway, the Amy Poehler movie that uh, Will Ferrell was talking about, like I guess Mariah Carey had a cameo, but they ended up cutting it because she was like just being way too much of a pain in the ass on the set, and then they were like. No, you're not in the movie now. Wow. Like, where does she get the balls? What has she done for us lately? I'd like to hear Amy Poehler's version of that story. Yeah, I think that's unfair for me to say they all sound the same because I'm just thinking about Little Baby, which is something we're going to talk about coming up ahead, and that's like entirely different than Dig Me Out. Yeah. Yeah, so they are all different. But there's just something about them that is so similar. No, I know what like, you mean, yeah. Um, I think it's the I think what I like about them and what I would what I, w- I will want to talk about when I talk about each song is that is the percussiveness of everything, not just what is supposed to be, but like the way that they they say they sing the lyrics. It's just like a punch in the head every single time. And yeah. I mean, a happy punch in the head. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like this, 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 this. And it's it's really fun. Yeah. 
and and same with the guitars. No bass. Yeah. Two guitars. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It is like a a punch. That's a good. It's super visceral. Yes. Uh, and they were on uh, Kill Rock Stars back then, indie label. Definitely a very indie band. Um, which was cool. And the first song we're doing is uh, Pat's pick. Uh, yeah, your only pick from this album. Uh, Dig me out. The titular, Dig me out. Uh, <laughs> oh, now Pat's tittering. Get it? Look what I'm doing. Um. Yeah. Not much. I mean, what can you say? You just uh, gotta listen to it. You know, if the song is called "Dig Me Out," it's probably not like super up with people <laughs> lyrically. Uh, but it's such so enjoyable to listen to. Still, it? the droning is great too. Yes, I agree. It sounds so negative, droning, but that, that, there's no better oh, explanation for that sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like Husker Du in a way, even though like some of the stuff is like lyrically pretty depressing. Uh, musically, it's kind of uplifting and empowering. So mm-hmm. um, I always love that, that, you know, you got the tension there. Uh, I don't know. I think... Like you said, this is so visceral, we should just let people listen to it. If you're not familiar, here is your first taste of Slater-Kinney with Dig Me Out. Uh, my my pick well my two picks uh, the first of my two picks I can form a sentence and I will at some point during this podcast uh, is words and guitar which is kind of more in the same but also very aggressive but in a happy way and very repetitive Yes. Which is always good uh, when you can pull that off and not make it annoying. Um, I mean, basic, I mean that is the basic, the basic building block of pop music is repetition. So we're, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to ask you this. So the, the woman who sings words and guitar, is that 
That is Corinne uh, Tucker. Okay. That's, yeah. That would have been my guess when you said it was very, her voice was very distinctive. Yes. It is, yeah. Yeah. Car- I mean, and I would say her voice is the voice of the band. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Carrie Brown seems fine, but uh, Corinne Tucker is like a whole different level of singer, I think. Yeah. No, she's definitely the voice of the band. Even though uh, Carrie Brownstein sings like some lead on some songs too. Uh, no, I'm just like if you were to to give someone this is what this band sounds like. Her voice is what you'd be hearing. In it is character. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Carrie Brownstein is just kind of generic. Uh, not I wouldn't a, go that not far. Not a bad way, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, words and guitar. Um, more punches, more yes. happy punches. Uh, so, what else do we need to say? Let's let's uh, offer it up to you, the listener gods. Babies, which is kind of different. It's got that. It's yeah. got a very sing-songy, almost like like children's chant <laughs> element and it to also, it. It also has what you're talking about with them singing different things at the same time. Yes, which I love. Uh, yeah. And you, I love like one thing I love about that is paying attention to try to figure out what the background person is saying. <laughs> um, you know who else did that? Stereo Lab did that sometimes. That's some of true. Yeah, they did. Um, with that, that that woman who who died would 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 back up the I forget I always Letitia Sadier yeah yeah she she'd back her up and be saying different things and those are some of the best songs can you think of anyone like modern who does that no I I can't I know like I think they should this is something they should copy because it is really awesome and it's fun to listen to and for the reasons you said but also it sounds awesome it sounds wonderful it does I think you have to be I I don't know you you have to be a certain kind of band like. You have to be really good to be able to pull it off, too. Like, I don't think just anybody should try it. Um, you have to be really good, and also you have to be willing to give up some of your... Like, you're the lead singer, and you're giving up some of, of your, you know, your... You're kind of sharing the stage a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, which is... I mean, I think these bands we're talking about are all kind of uh, democracies, so uh, 
it, it kind of makes sense that they would do that. Well, to be fair, too, with REM, half the time you can't understand what either one of them is singing when they're singing at the same time. So It doesn't matter. Nope, it does not in matter. In Stereolab, it's half in French and half in half, English. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but, but little babies with the dum dum diddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. Like, it's another one. It's, I, I, who knows what the fuck they're actually singing about? I don't. Um, I feel like this would be a really awesome song live. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, super, super awesome. I, I, it sounds like it's maybe a put down song, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, it's fun though. It's got like a fun spirit more, definitely more so than like dig me out. And some of the you know heavier songs on the album, heavier emotionally. I mean, right? Um, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, put it in your ear holes. Here is little babies. more the same and i'm glad to hear more the same yeah no i i there are some people who like you don't want slater kenny to stretch out in bizarre ways like <laughs> i kind of do but i'm i i don't mind that they don't well you can go to listen to uh that 11 minute song on the woods album uh to hear them stretch out in their Led Zeppelin ways. They do, yeah, but they actually, I mean, they stretched out like on one beat too with like that song O, which has like the keyboards and everything. Um, yeah, they did. It's not that they they didn't ever experiment, but they're so good at what they do. Um, I'm glad they mostly hew to, to their strengths. Um, anyway, yeah, Slater Kinney, The Replacements. Two great tastes that taste great together and apart. Huh? What? Uh, 
I refuse to respond to any of that. Have you been to the movies at all lately, or is that going to be one of your recommendations, a movie? No, I haven't seen anything lately. I wanted to see The Big Sick, but it's not playing till um, later next week, so I might be seeing Baby Driver. Yeah, I'm interested in Baby Driver. Like I've talked about with um, Edgar Wright, like I definitely don't love any of his films. I feel like they all fall short, but I kind of want to see I, Baby Driver too. I so. think this will probably fall short, but it'll still be enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's a is pastiche a word? It looks like yeah. it's like he loved Reservoir Dogs. He loves like these, and he's kind of doing doing his own thing, but. I think there, there's going to be references to these old movies that kind of is overwhelming. And that's how I feel like his other movies have been. Yeah. They've been too referential and not their own thing. And they're, they're still good, but not, not as, not as much as I don't like them as much as other people, even if they're good, but I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, no, yeah, I want to see it as well. Um, John, Hamm. what I'm really looking forward. Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. I just said John Hamm. Oh, he's in it. Yep. I didn't realize that. I just saw Kevin Spacey. I'm really looking forward to Valerian. What's that now? Valerian, the city of a thousand planets is a comic book from France that I've never read. So it's doesn't really matter to me that it is, but that's what it's based on. It's a Luke Beeson movie and it looks so pretty. And the earlier views have been good. So I'm really looking forward to it. Wait, how can you have a city of a thousand planets? That's I guess you'll have to see the movie to find out. That's like having, a molecule of a thousand people. Hey, you're taking Ooh. the smaller part and that sounds like an interesting movie. Well, I'm sure good old Luke will make it at some point. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think we're going to see the big sick this weekend. And oh, so it is playing there. It's playing here. Yeah. Uh, and possibly also wonder woman, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to do two movies in a weekend for us. Um, with the crowds and the you know people on their cell phones and me you'd think wonder woman would be less crowded than the big sick at this point i would think so yeah but it's also i mean the big sick we're going to see at uh like a more art house cinema which is always really cool whereas wonder woman is going to be out here with the hoi polloi um just being there we saw the coen brothers movie at the hoi polloi theater right we did yeah but that wasn't bad. No, but that was also a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. I think kind of a limited audience to begin with. So, um, No, there's a lot that I want to see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Sofia Coppola movie that, that's out, The Beguile. Yeah, I heard that's really good. Uh, what else is there? And there's just the summer blockbusters that are coming. Uh, Atomic Blonde, the Charlize Theron Bond movie. Looks like it's like, like John Wick level fun action movie. I was wondering if that is based on a graphic novel or comic but because there was one and i think it was ed brubaker did it about a female spy in london um and just watching the the preview for the charlize theron movie um mm-hmm. it looked like it was a huge ripoff of that if it's not based on the comic but i can't remember the name of the comic right now um anyway yeah that could be good yep based on a graphic novel the coldest city not a brubaker but it oh. is a that's not what I was thinking of. Okay, well, in any case, I knew it wasn't called Atomic Blonde, whatever it was that I read. Um, yeah, what other blockbusters are coming? Oh, so I don't know. It's uh, it's Thor isn't coming till the fall. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man next week. 
that's that's the big one. Wait, oh, but all right. Here's my question. Remember the whole thing with Donald Glover wanting to be Spider-Man and like all the racists on the internet jumped all over that shit. But in the comics now, Spider-Man is black. Well, one of the Spider-Man. Yeah. So I don't know what's was, going on. Marvel has there, like really fucked their shit all up, but. At one point, there were two series. There was the Ultimate Comics line, and that was a new series that they started in, in the early 2000s to kind of to bring young people in and get get out of the continuity and rewrite everything. And they did an okay job with that, and Bendis did that. And so, spoiler alert, there's Peter Parker in that, and at some point, he goes away, and he's replaced by Miles Morales, who becomes a new Spider-Man. He's, bitten by, he's also bitten by a radioactive spider, he gets the spider powers, and, and then, so it's two different universes. There's the what they call the 616 universe and the ultimate universe. So for a few years, there is Miles Morales was the Spider-Man. Uh, I think he's Puerto Rican. I forget his background, but okay. um, so he's, he's the ultimate universe Spider-Man. He's the ultimate universe Spider-Man. And Peter Parker was still, at times, he was Spider-Man. It was either Peter Parker or, um, <laughs> I haven't read these, but I bet they're kind of good for because they're so screwy. Have you heard about this? That Doc Ock took over Peter Parker's uh, body for a few years. No. They, yeah. They need to get rid of Doc Ock. He's such a dumb villain. But sorry. No. But taking over Peter Parker's body, I did. I didn't read. I want to read it because now it's on Marvel Unlimited or whatever it's called. And they did a good job of of actually making him take over the body. So Peter Parker's a real asshole. Like if you, he's still doing good things for the most part, but he's not taking any prisoners he's like i'll just kill you it's no big deal <laughs> which is not what you expect from the spider-man but it's interesting they did that anyway so but peter parker got his body back at some point i don't i don't know all the it doesn't matter he's he's back i just don't know how it works so i guess there is yes there's uh, so anyway there was at some point for some reason marvel decided to destroy the ultimate universe and pretty much every character from the ultimate universe save one was destroyed in this this end and uh, miles morales somehow ended up back in the regular marvel universe now there's this one marvel universe and that includes um miles morales oh and that's the the one okay that's weird so was this whole uh ending of the marvel universe was that the thing where dr doom took over reality or whatever okay i read yeah yeah, i actually read that but i don't remember there was also before that happened there was the spider they brought a bunch of Spider-Men from different universes together. And that was the start of, of them knowing of each other. Like, so Peter Parker and Miles, Peter Parker and Parker in the regular universe met Miles Morales. So they knew each other before this Dr. Doom stuff. Anyway, it's all really convoluted, but yeah, that's the character that Donald Glover is going to play. And apparently Donald Glover has a non Spider-Man role in the new Spider-Man. So I'm interested in seeing that because I love him. Uh, but yeah, when I'm saying Marvel is all fucked up now, I mean they still have good, good series and stuff, but they've stretched everything so thin and made everything so convoluted. Where there's like ten different series for each like team. Did you just burp? No, I had a drink of water. I apologize for not putting mute in. Um, yeah, Marvel is not at its best right now. They no. have Peter, they have Captain America as a bad guy. I don't know why they did that. No, that's what's... having him a Hydra agent, and it's it's been clear since the beginning that it's obviously a, manip- a manipulation. But why bother? Nobody, nobody wanted I guess, it. <laughs> I guess it got lots of press, but it really wasn't the right kind of press because it pissed a lot of people off. Because Hydra for for generations has been like a Nazi. Yeah. 
and having this like bastion of American be saying Hell Hydra is just like yeah, it's just fuck you, and that's no good. Yeah, it it really ruins things. Like you said, I'm sure you know in the end it's gonna turn out not to be whatever. But it, but I'm. I'm I'm all for them finding ways to tell interesting stories, even if it means breaking taboos. Like, like Brubaker used to always be the rule that uh, Bucky was going to stay dead, and they kind of brought him back, but not really before Brubaker. But Brubaker came, and he really brought him back. But it's such a great, intriguing story that who cares? You can break those kind of rules, and you can do interesting things, but don't do things that are quote unquote interesting if they aren't really serving a story just to be oh, it's like, just, just sensationalistic to get yeah exactly so, so wait, that's my problem with marvel bucky but, coming back it was that the winter soldier yes okay got it i know when i was in the 80s they had this character nomad who i thought was bucky but it, and maybe at the time he was and they they retconned that i don't really know but he's he was never bucky and who was rick jones Never rick jones that dude that was the Hulk's buddy, right? I forget. Yeah, who knows? He, and Rick Jones was the Hulk's buddy, but somehow he, he hung out with Captain America, and he just got around. He was a groupie. Oh, there's an article about groupies and 70s rockers, and man, you know, I like David Bowie, but he was uh, kind of gross. Nope. Oh, well, he's not the only one that was gross. Oh, there was a clearly ton. isn't yeah. the, he isn't only, only one, but I didn't have any respect for Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Right. I don't, or I'm not or like Led Zeppelin, were, yeah. Or Led Zeppelin was was bringing out twelve and fifteen year olds, but David Bowie's is pretty disappointing. It was a different time, Pat. Yeah, it doesn't rules. matter. <laughs> no, I know it's you know it. There is something to be said for separating the art from the artist because there's too many people who've made really great art that were despicable people, and well, I don't. Right. I just I just didn't know that I had to do that with him. Not I know. He, no, I know. It's despicable. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's kind of despicable what he did. So it's it is hard to separate the person from doing that. Even even if things were different, even if she was, I mean, she really? has no regrets about it. it yeah, it's clearly not a a violent act, but it's still pretty creepy. Yes, and it, it was not mentioned enough in no, his well, lifetime. And that was, I mean, that is because it was a different time too. Like back then, the yeah. press still sh- kept their mouths shut about shit. Right. Um, I don't, I'm it's, no, it's kind of, I mean, there was that kind of looking away f- from that kind of thing, but then you have people like P- Roman Polanski who grew out of that, that mindset where this was happening with everyone else. Why shouldn't I do it? And he was not, she was not consenting in that case no. and people still defend him. And I don't understand I don't, that at I all. I don't understand the defense of him either. Yeah. That's, yeah. Let's not even go into it, but, uh, Allen. what? I didn't hear what you said. P.S. Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily for me, I never really cared for Woody Allen shit that much anyway. <laughs> um, so it's not that hard. I remember uh, a friend of ours like was really into Woody Allen. She brought over a Woody Allen movie for us to watch. And it was something early with Diane Keaton, and they were like Russian or some shit. Um, anyway, I watched it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'd, that's what you wanted me to see? It was whatever um ah, i lost my train of thought on there was something about all the bowie shit but ah who cares let's yeah let's stay off of the uh so well just age. one more thing yeah i would like i got caught up into it a, a, a twitter 
I don't know, dead dead hole or black hole. I just kept clicking. Black hole is a bad euphemism for what I went into. Is there are there are black men that are defending Bill Cosby, saying he was railroaded because of race, and uh, which I disagree with. But the really ridiculous part is that they're saying this, and then when people say no, that's not true. It's not. They they bring up well, look at Woody Allen. Nothing happened to Woody Allen. It's like there are plenty of people who think Woody Allen is as, as much of a scumbag as Bill Cosby. Oh yeah, Me so included. that's a really good defense. It is, I mean, as far as being prosecuted, that's true. But I don't yep. know that they could necessarily prosecute Woody Allen for what he did either. Well, um, no, they could. I don't know what. Well, now they don't want to, and they, they there's enough lawyers. I mean, I'm not talking even talking about the Sunni stuff, which is super gross. But I'm talking about the younger daughter. Yeah, that, yeah. So anyway, let, yeah, you're right. That's true. Yeah, I was I, thinking more I, I was Sunni, just, but I was just surprised to find anyone defending Bill Cosby. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and well, and you know, to to claim it's based on race too is a little weird in the case of Bill Cosby because. You know, like even among like racists, like he was one of the good ones. You know what I exactly. mean? Like, yeah. You'll, yeah, you'll just as many white dudes defending him as you'll do. So it's it's kind of more a I don't know what it is. I, I just I don't feel like it's a race thing. Yeah. But what am no, I to say? I'm white. Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, we're privileged white dudes, but that doesn't seem to have that much of a bearing to me. I think it's more that 30 separate women accused the dude. Uh, yeah, and that, let's. I mean, I think the fact they had so much wealth kept him out of the out of a courtroom for however many years, and he's only there now because really he's only there now because someone. Well, a couple reasons, I guess, but a major reason is the the DA ran it as his platform that he was going to do it, and that's. Yeah, he <laughs> pretty much got to then. Yeah, and I mean another anyway. reason is that Hannibal Buress went viral yeah, that, with well, his shit. I mean that totally brought it back into the, into the. The, you know talking about i mean we i you and i had both have heard of it before he said that obviously because he had to hear it from somewhere it's not like he had a secret right pipeline to bill cosby gossip but he's the person who brought it out to everybody talking about it yes and even like there was a clip of uh amy poehler and tina fey when they were doing weekend update on snl making some kind of comment about it way back but yeah that didn't do it it was the hannibal hannibal thing mm-hmm. um Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, I It's weird that nowadays you don't see more, like with the internet, you don't see more like stories about people talking about having sex with celebrities and stuff. Like you'd think there would be some of that out there. I bet there is. Like, you mean having done it and then bragging about it? Yeah, yeah. Or just talking about it at all. Like I don't. I mean, not that I go looking for that stuff either, but you'd think there would be some stories that would like pop up on your Facebook feed or something about. I don't uh, know I bet it either it's out there or Justin Bieber is just choosing better. Yeah, I mean, he does have a history of making good choices. Yep. Um, recommendations. Recommendations. Ace. 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 I think I'm going to do a replay because it's a new season and it's a wonderful, wonderful new season of Playing House. Oh, Lena, shit. I haven't seen the new season yet. And I it's it's not a good sign that they're playing it on Saturday nights at like 11 o'clock and they've given the entire season out for streaming. But it's really good. It's funny. It's touching. I, I Something like a 
a medical problem, well, more than a problem, one of the characters uh, got cancer, and they're actually talking about it in the show. So it's 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 been effective. The, the episodes I've watched, they they haven't laid it on too thick, and they are always quick to have a joke to save a serious moment, and they've done really well with it. It's such a great show, and it's a great cast. Yeah, it's a great show. I mean, the first two seasons were great. I see no reason why this season it's, wouldn't be. It it seems it feels like this is going to be the last season just because they're putting it such a t- bad time slot and they only give them eight episodes, but it's it's really wonderful. Yeah, I love the show. It's low key funny. It's like it's hilarious, but it's not like Broad City where it's like yeah, super absurd and ballsy and stuff. This yeah. is just kind of subtle, which you, you kind of don't expect with those two because they aren't always subtle. But they're pretty. There are episodes that aren't subtle, but for the most part, it's pretty subtle, fun, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, which is the hardest that, kind of comedy to pull off. Uh, Woody Allen being an example. I, like I said, don't dig his shit. But um, he, although he wasn't always subtle either. But yeah, no, the, it is very subtle, very low key. Like, yeah, I I love the show, and I'm glad you reminded me of it because I really want to watch this third season. Um, that it for you? I you do another one. Maybe I'll think of one. I'm good. I can't. Okay, I can't remember if I recommended this. But if I did, uh, I'm just going to recommend it again. And Slater Kenny reminded me of it. The uh, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein. Um, her book, which is actually quite good. And she is a talented writer. Because um, I, I, at the same time I was reading this one, I was reading Girl in a Band by Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. And uh, Carrie Brownstein's much better at getting to the heart of, of things than Kim Gordon is. Um, which I, I guess just judging by the, their two bands music, um, is also the case. So it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I, it's a good, good memoir. You have recommended it before, but I think it's worth doing again, especially this episode. Yeah. Um, shoot, I did do it before. All right. I'm going to try to think of, well, I'll do another one. Uh, this week I went out to see wait, wait, don't tell me, which is a, I always call it a podcast, but it's a radio show, an NPR radio show where they do kind of goofy jokes about the current day events, but it's goofy in a good way. It's, it's fun. It's a fun show. I know the show. And it, well, I'm just telling everyone listening in case they don't. Um, but the live, the live show was much different than I expected. I mean, it was just the show. It's exactly what you hear on the radio, but I did not expect, first of all, such a large crowd. And I did not expect the crowd to be so super into it. I mean, they were, <laughs> there was a lot of energy there and I was really surprised by that. So, and it was an out, outside arena, which I thought maybe would like, like kind of, uh, I don't know, stifle some of the energy, but it really was just, it was, it was people were excited and, uh, it was, it's a, it, it's a fun show to listen to if you've never heard it. So wait, wait, don't tell me. What, were they so excited? They, were like dropping their monocles into their champagne glasses and shit all over the place. A lot of white people. Really? A lot of old white people. Surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm desperately trying to think of something else to recommend. I'm like trying to think what we've been watching. Oh, you know what? Uh, even though this is something we recommended before, uh, season two, just like yours, a new season of Master of None. Um, oh yeah to, first of all i have to catch up on the first season and but the, i've heard the second season is leaps and bounds past the first season i mean i don't know that i would go that far but i yeah it's really very, it's very good oh i've i've heard it's better okay well i haven't finished it yet either so um but the episodes i've seen have been really good um i 
tried watching, like, you know, they have all these stand-up specials on Netflix now. None of them really have appealed to me. No? Weirdly, yeah. I, yeah. The, there's always somebody that, like, well, not always, but there's often someone on Comedy Bang Bang where, yeah, I got my stand-up special coming to Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I know, a lot. That's what made me, like, want to check it out. Speaking of which, did, you didn't listen to... Uh, the Monday's Comedy Bang Bang with John Hamm and Edgar Wright and stuff? Not yet, not yet. Oh, okay, because you said you didn't know John Hamm was in the movie. And I was oh, like, I uh, did notice that he was in that episode. I didn't realize that's why. Yeah. I didn't know that. I only saw his name. I didn't see Edgar Wright. Uh, that's, I'm looking forward to that. He's a funny dude. He was funny in that episode of uh, Dumb People Town, which I've, I've, I enjoy. Dumb but I'm People starting Town. To, I'm starting to get tired of. Maybe I listened to too many of them. What is Dumb People Town? Oh, that was a, a previous recommendation. As the Sklar Brothers and the the guy from yes. uh, the Doug Loves Movies who who uh, imitates Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Or no, I guess he imitates Donnie. Donnie. No, Wahlberg. he does Mark. He does Mark Wahlberg. He oh, he does Mark. Yeah. Okay. He always talks shit about Donnie. Yeah. Okay. So they they take stories from the news where people do dumb stuff. So it's all and, from Florida. <laughs> pretty much, and I think I. I think it's kind of like it's getting to me in the punching down sort of way. Like some of them deserve to be made fun of because it's like criminals doing like crappy stuff. But some of them are just like people make mistakes, man. Come on. Yeah, I I agree. You don't mock. You don't punch down. Like you said, like yeah. that's, that's all there is to that. But the the reason I like, and I wish that wasn't the, like why they did the show. The reason I like the show is because they usually have pretty good comedians coming on and they have, interesting conversations with the comedians. So like Thomas middle, like John Hamm was on, that was really fun. And Thomas middle ditch has been on this a couple weeks ago. And that was pretty fun too. So. Oh, cool. Oh, I might check it out. And then once I get sick of the punching down, I'll probably wean myself off to you. But I think maybe it's, it's good to listen to it once in a while, not every week. Cause yeah, it's every yeah, show. one of those. It's yeah. just, it, it kind of wore on me after a while because I really enjoy their conversations, but then like some of the stories are just like, oh, I feel bad for the people, even if they are dumb. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, I will also recommend one of your earlier recommendations. I'll back it up. Uh, Found podcast. Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah, that's I great. Started listening to that. I really like it. Um, all right. Uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail point com. Oh, that's confusing. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes, but most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Yeah, and I'd say, second most importantly, fucking write to us at gmail.popculturecontinuum.gmail.com. We're not getting any letters from people. Yeah, it's been a while, Jessica. Uh, David? David Uh, knows our regular... Oh, I guess Jessica does too. Kate? Uh, (laughs) Katie? Katie? <laughs> Amy. Amy, yeah. Michael Morris. Oh, that's it. That's all our listeners. I don't think Michael Morris is a listener. Vivian. She doesn't count because you force her to listen. It's true. This is a really good one. Yeah, that's what I say about every single one. Uh but she's gotten wise to my lies. Um anyway, we're done. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.